Okay, greetings and welcome to today's episode, episode number 3 of the My Security Plus Journey series where I document my learnings and my experiences as I prepare for the CompTIA Security Plus SYO501 exam. Now, in the previous episode, we have uh, discussed about viruses and worms. Uh we've given a general overview of malware and we've discussed about the first type of malware which is viruses. and we've also discussed another type of viruses which is worms this episode we will be heading to discuss crypto malware and ransomware uh before we get started uh, make sure that uh, if you're on youtube uh, and if you're finding the narration a little bit slower a lot of my viewers have told me that uh, you know putting it at 1.25x seems like a fair speed so yeah you do you you find out what works best for you the automatic captions also do a fairly good job of recognizing what i'm telling so yeah uh, make sure you set up if you're if you're listening to this podcast on anchor or any of your uh, favorite podcast platforms uh, just plug in be ready and let's dive into it now we've discussed again we've discussed about uh, malware last time around we've discussed that malware is generally malicious software which is software not designed with a positive intent or designed with a malformed intent to either harm you or to exploit you to exploit a user now quick uh, summary of what we discussed in the last class especially last episode uh, especially about viruses and worms that uh, viruses are malwares that can reproduce themselves but worms are malwares that can self replicate in the sense that viruses require a user action or viruses require a trigger to happen but worms do not require any trigger to happen they self replicate and they self propagate now we discussed the different types of viruses last time around uh let's just go over them really quickly uh we discussed about a boot sector virus boot sector viruses are those which are stored in the first sector or in the uh sector where uh, like bios and all of the system infra is loaded Uh, operating system does not have any role in the boot sector viruses and they can be extremely hard to detect the next type of virus we discussed was a macro virus which is viruses that are embedded into documents and are executed when the document is opened by the user a better example of a macro virus would be you know in excel you can uh, in microsoft excel like in spreadsheets you can program logics for uh, automating different parts of the spreadsheet like you know calculating the sum automatically or so So technically code can be injected logic can be injected into the document and malicious logic is also able to is also possible to be injected that is how macro viruses are spread the next type of virus we discussed was a program virus which is uh, a virus that infects an executable or an application uh, like a .exe or .dll it's a part of something that you run the next type of virus we discussed was a uh, multipartite virus now a multipartite virus is a virus that combines both boot and program viruses in the case that it is just an advanced uh, program virus that can mutate itself into a boot sector virus so basically uh, it is uh, the next generation of viruses uh, another type of virus we discussed another series of viruses we discussed however was a it was a series of encrypted viruses now an encrypted virus is a virus that uh, has its contents obfuscated or uh, you know the locked behind a cipher and they only unlock when they are about to perform a malicious action 
so in the sense that normally when they are locked up it is not detectable that it is a virus so that is how encrypted viruses work in encrypted viruses the next generation of virus is a polymorphic virus uh breaking the, down the name like it says poly and morphic so a virus that can morph itself or that can reshape itself into multiple states poly a poly number of states so it is nothing but uh, uh advanced virus an advanced encrypted virus that changes itself every time it is executed uh either by altering the decryption module like the way you decrypt it or by altering the logic inside of it The next step is a metamorphic virus. Now, a metamorphic virus is an advanced version of a polymorphic virus in the sense that it is a polymorphic virus but it doesn't just rewrite itself or it doesn't just uh, reshape itself. It adjusts itself according to the state or the uh, medium. So, it can rewrite itself entirely before it attempts to infect a file. Then we also discussed about two ways that two classes that virus generally propagate on. uh one type of viruses are those stealth viruses that we see like in macros etc that are viruses that uh, use stealthy techniques to avoid detection from antivirus software and to get in or uh, the other type is a armored virus now an armored virus is a virus that has multiple layers of protection to it or you know uh, it is broken down into different pieces so it is really hard to break that virus or to detect and remove that virus in one place so they have layers of protection that is what an armored virus is a third type of uh, progress progression of a virus uh, is a hoax virus in the sense that uh, people try to trick you into the, uh, telling that your computer has a virus and they get you to install a program saying that they'll clean the virus or they'll get rid of it but when you install that program that program happens to be the virus now this can this is very famous and very popular in you know the pop-ups that you see on websites saying that your device has these many viruses click to clean now and all of these things so yeah that is a hoax type of virus so stealth armored and hoax are the three different types in which viruses progress <coughs> now again we also discussed that worms worms are just malicious software like viruses but are able to replicate without user interaction they can spread through a network without a user's consent or action and they can cause disruption to normal network traffic and computing activities obviously firewalls and uh, intrusion detection or prevention systems can mitigate worm infestations but uh, once they once a worm finds itself through a firewall or once it makes a hole through the firewall then it doesn't really help much then they don't really help much so that was a quick wrap on what happened in the last episode uh now let's move on to ransomware now obviously uh, one of the more uh, interesting i mean like the reason cyber security has been growing in the news over the last few months or you could say over the last year uh, is because uh, more and more systems are being prone to the type of attacks where people are losing their data or people are having their data locked and they have to pay some amount of money to get their data back a very famous attack is the wannacry attack now everybody knows how devastating wannacry was and essentially wannacry is nothing but a ransomware now let's split the word into two and see ransomware in the sense software that asks you to pay a ransom so how does it get you to pay a ransom what it does is it locks up your data 
and you know completely hides it and promises that if you pay us so and so money if you pay us so and so amount of a ransom we'll unlock the data and we'll give it back to you so that is the a crude idea of how a ransomware works now obviously data in the sense there's a lot of things that you could be storing on computational devices be it your uh, personal data which is your uh, sensitive personal information or pictures and videos of memories or important you know personal documents or be it organizational data now organizational data like uh, your company's uh, documents or your company's uh, or the place you work for their uh, sensitive data all of that and private information essentially and also uh, there could be other uh, types of data as well uh, or uh, some sort of like you know your own personal entries or your own blogs or you could be making money off of your computer like you're doing web development or something like that so all of this is data everything that's stored on a computer is data and all of this data if someone comes in uh, oh, in the next second and just you know locks your computer and says that okay you can't access your data anymore you'd be willing to pay a certain amount of money to get that data back depending on how important it is for you now obviously there is a number for everything so that that number is what ransomware try to exploit so they'll take your computer they'll take over your computer they'll lock up all the files and uh, they'll ask you to pay a ransom to unlock those files so again now ransomware most often most often ransomware is generally fake what it does is it just uh, you know uh, uh, poses as a different party like you could say uh, it says that uh, your computer has been locked by the FBI or your computer has been locked by the CBI saying that uh, they found some illegitimate content or content you shouldn't be consuming or some data that is extremely private or some malicious activity on your PC and say that you'll have to pay some sort of a penalty or some sort of a fine to uh, get access to your computer again now at the end of it like no matter which party does it it is always ransomware and uh, generally if it's if it's if it's a legal thing or if it's posing as some sort of an official party no official party would go about by the methods of a ransomware they would either you know question you directly or they would take legal action but no one's going to do ransomware so yeah now that is how ransomware is generally are look are shown to us and now ransom sometimes may be avoided now if it's a ransomware that is uh fairly been in the cybersecurity scene or if it's an older ransomware or if it's just a it's if it's just a different version of a already existing ransomware chances are uh, probably security professionals uh, who are in the loop of the cybersecurity field might be able to recover your data uh, and remove this kind of a ransomware because uh, once a ransomware is in the market uh, once a ransomware is in action uh, eventually there will be some sort of a flaw in it or there will be some sort of a fix to it that is how the entirety of cybersecurity works you chase after bugs you quash them and then you chase some more now this is ransomware is generally fairly easy now putting that into a you could say a direct example um 
suppose say someone just uh, goes over to your uh, wardrobe and uh, just uh, you know locks just takes a padlock and locks up beat your file cabinet let's say okay someone in your company walks into your cabin and just locks up your file cabinet having all of your important files and keeps the key with them and says that you pay me this much amount of money to give your key back to give the key back so that you can unlock them and use your files chances are even if you pay them there is no guarantee that they will give you the key back so it is generally advised that you don't pay money to you don't pay the ransom you somehow try and fix it that is what security professionals advise you know you either try to get a fake key generated or you you know try to break the padlock or something like that but now there is another type or you could say the next generation of ransomware and here's where things get scary and here's where the wanna cry factor comes in now this type of ransomware the advanced type of ransomware is called a crypto malware now crypto malware is nothing but uh putting this real life example itself uh what it does is crypto malware it doesn't just you know lock your pc up and demand you for money what it does is it encrypts all of your files so in the sense that even if you get your uh, malware unlocked there is no chance that you will be able to decrypt those files now your data is completely unavailable until you provide cash and uh, it just uh, now obviously what they do is what crypto malware does is or what even ransomware does is they'll always want the operating system to remain running in the sense that they want the uh, you know error message to show they want you to you know uh, they want to keep at least one browser available so that you know you can go and pay the ransom uh, they, or they won't lock your crypto wallet so that uh, you can transfer the money you see that they want you to they want your pc to run but they don't want you to get any work done on it so that is how ransomware generally works and now crypto malware the problem with crypto malware the fundamental issue is that encryption uh, is in nearly virtually impossible to break without huge amount of computational power and then also there is no good chance in if you're hit by a crypto malware uh, the best bet is to pay for it the best bet is to pay your ransom and pray that uh, he uh, the, the attacker you know the, gives you the decryption key so when you take that analogy to our uh, padlock to a file cabinet system what he essentially does is here uh, the adversary person or the adversary party comes they replace all of your files with garbled paper or some sort of like you know trash paper or something paper that is not relevant to you and they keep the files with themselves or you could say uh this is a very weird example but uh, here's how it gener- here's how the logic goes they'll come in and uh, say they have like this special type of an ink or say they have like a really strong pencil that you know uh, is erased by only a specific type of eraser that they happen to have so it is more like you know they'll scribble through all of your files completely to make it an unrecognizable mess and then they lock your file cabinet so that even if you end up unlocking your file cabinet those files will make no sense or have no use whatsoever only if you go to them and get the eraser 
or if you go to them and get that ink removal thing only then you'll be able to use your files again and you'll be able to you know re, uh, recover your files by you know erasing them everything now logically that sounds really dumb like who would go and scribble through pencil through files and you could just buy a normal eraser but this is exactly how encryption works in the sense that it is uh, it is a special type of ink which can only be erased by one eraser in the world which happens to be your decryption key so technically uh, unless you have the exact deep greek decryption key you cannot whatsoever recover that you cannot erase that ink now that would obviously if there if there was something like that to exist in the physical world that would be a huge problem but it also happens to exist in the digital world so obviously you could see why crypto malware is such a big issue and you could see why wannacry was also such a big issue now wannacry malware at least uh, when the ransom was paid up they gave out the decryption keys uh, the respective decryption decryption keys for the respective computers now the problem is that in crypto malware again taking the same logic no two attacks are the same or no two attacks have the exact same way of encryption and de- decryption key so in the sense for each for each file cabinet there's a different ink and for that different ink there is only one type of eraser each now you can't take one person's key and use that to decrypt your files as well so crypto malware best bet is always to pay up the ransom uh and the problem is now you might be thinking okay uh, if they nab the attackers it's done right but the attackers also generally use very untraceable types of payment uh you know they could uh, use like bitcoins like cryptocurrency or you know they could uh, route it through different paypal accounts and obviously when they use cryptocurrency like hardware wallets which is basically what they're called now it's virtually untraceable because hardware wallets to maintain they need no connection to your personal identity whatsoever like see if you're maintaining a paypal account you have to link your uh, bank account or something like that if you're having a e wallet you'll need to link your uh, uh, like you know something like that but in uh, cryptocurrency however you get your account generated but that account doesn't require any uh, identity that it's you the account's identity is your operating system or your pc in the sense that it exists only on your hardware and nowhere else so the problem with that is no account also is arbitrary is directly tied up to the hardware in the sense that it is just existing on your pc and no one else knows that it exists on this specific pc so it is virtually almost untraceable obviously nothing is completely untraceable given enough time it's always uh, everybody can always be traced but bitcoins and uh, uh, you could say eth and all of these cryptocurrencies make it infinitely harder for uh, us to chase the bad guys and uh, the way they procure the money is also very creative uh, they could either you know get you to pay to a different address and then route it through multiple addresses so that uh, it is virtually almost it's impossible for you to go to the source that is getting the money or they could use like you know uh, escrow or tumbler systems which is basically once you send them that amount of crypto cash uh, they could just uh, shuffle the tokens up and uh, take the money so basically your coins or uh, this virtual example is that uh, suppose say you are giving them 
they ask you to pay uh, 5 cents or 10 cents or uh, you could say 20 rupees or something like that and you pay it in coins okay and those coins when they go uh, probably say you inserted some sort of a chip in them or if it's a note that you're paying with you remember the serial number of the note what they do is they get you to deposit into some account that has a lot of money uh, and when you deposit into that some account suppose you say you deposited 20 dollars into that account they'll shuffle all of the notes that are there in there they'll just mix up all of the notes like be it 1 dollars 5 dollars or everything or if you paid through a 1 dollar 5 dollar series of bills and you have the series numbers it'll just mix up all the 1 dollars that are there in that account and then draw its 20 dollars so technically there is no guarantee that your serial number is reaching to that person so you can see how that is a problem again which is your money is also untraceable so it is a very very secure and very tactful method of payment that crypto malwares employ and now obviously this begs the question that uh, how do we protect ourselves against ransomware and especially crypto malware uh, we've seen how wannacry infected millions and millions of uh, operating systems windows 7s uh, throughout the world some i believe some 2.5 to 3 million if i'm right uh, the number evades me but those many people of which at least a good amount of people at least 30% or above people might have paid their money because they might just be documents too sensitive that uh, depends on their career their personal life etc now you must you can also see how much money those people got away with and you can see that they've never gotten traced as well so you, it's always uh, ideal to you know be ready for this kind of situation be safe than sorry so discussing about protection against ransomware it is always ideal to have a backup in the sense that all your important documents all of your personal data all of your organizational data everything everything that you deem sensitive and you cannot afford to lose has to be backed up and it's always advisable to have it in an offline backup in the sense that it the backup which you're storing shouldn't have any connection to the internet or shouldn't have any connection to a network so that ideally if someone else is infected it won't spread to the backup because if you lose the backup and you lose the original then you're gone so like you know storing it in hard drives or storing it in pen drives those backups are always ideal the next step is obviously the basic step again keeping your operating system up to date patching vulnerabilities keeping your antiviruses up to date keeping your applications up to date and uh, keeping uh, generally everything like beat from your drivers uh, all the way to your software that you use all the way to the browsers that you have everything the more up to date it is the better you're protected from newer attacks so that is basically the discussion on ransomware and crypto malware again uh, we could dive into facts or we could dive into case studies but uh, we'll probably save that for a later date uh, probably when we're closing in on an exam we could uh, you know discuss those things to you know cement the concepts once again but this is basically the idea um in the next episode uh, let's discuss about uh, trojans and rats uh, which is remote access trojans and if time permits in the next episode we'll also discuss about rootkits because rootkits is such such an important concept and rootkits is probably the most uh, exciting uh, uh malware genre that i have seen so we'll discuss that 
सो दैट्स इट फॉर नाउ इफ यू इफ यू गोइंग ऑन वॉचिंग और इफ यू आर स्टिल लिसनिंग मूव ऑन टू द नेक्स्ट एपिसोड Uh, if you are on YouTube, the playlist should automatically move to the next one. If you are on Anchor or Spotify, uh, the playlist should automatically move to the next episode. And I'll see you guys later.